Hello, innovative teachers. Today's episode is sponsored by Unruly Splats. Unruly Splats are these awesome programmable floor buttons that students code with a block-based coding app to light up, make sound, and collect points when they are stomped on. The best part is it gets kids moving while they are learning. Kids can code all sorts of collaborative games with them, like relay races, whack-a-mole, or four corners. I know I have loved using these in my room personally and incorporating coding and moving with my students. Check out Unruly Splats at www.unrulysplats.com. I promise you won't be disappointed, and they will help change your classroom and move it forward. Welcome, innovative teachers. There are many ways to plan for STEM, with the scientific method being one of them. Most of you are probably familiar with this process. Is it still relevant, and how does it fit in with the next generation science standards and the engineering design process? We'll talk about our insight today and how it can still be useful in your instruction. Also, if you're already loving our podcast, be sure to join our Patreon membership for a bonus content and resources for only $5 a month. You get everything upcoming as well as everything from prior months. It's cheaper than my almost daily coffee run. Stay tuned for a great episode full of lots of STEM information. We can't wait to learn and grow with you. The Innovative Teacher Podcast is created for teachers to learn and grow together and move their classrooms forward. Current K-5 STEM teachers Naomi Meredith and Spencer Sharp dive into various technology topics. They talk makerspace, STEAM, and PBL, and other hands-on tasks to engage your students. Every Thursday, they bring you the best in technology in the classroom, from interviewing people to real examples from our own classroom. They fully believe that being an innovative teacher is what will separate you from the rest of the pack, turning your classroom into something that you love and are passionate about. So come join them as we try to impact the world of education. And now, your hosts, Naomi and Spencer. All right, so I'm so excited for this episode since we've talked about the engineering design process before in a few different ways, but we have something that we're working on behind the scenes. Do you want to give a little sneak peek of what we're doing? Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I can do it. I'm excited about it. Um, I know Naomi is. We're super busy right now. We are. Which is a good thing. It's a, it's a good thing. Like, I think both the kind of people we are, we like being busy and... We love doing stuff. Um, so we're actually creating a PD program um, on this website where they host different PD programs where you buy the whole program as a whole. So basically, we're going to be able to walk you from step one, kind of what STEM looks like, to what we've grown our STEM programs to, do, to be. Um, and I, I really think it's going to be something that you're going to be like, oh, go to your administrative, go to your school saying like, hey, is this something I can buy with my budget money? Not necessarily out of your own pocket. And I think that's what's kind of cool about this website. They get a lot of certifications, um, a lot of different ways basically to kind of take it to your school and say, look how um, disciplinary this is and how well it fits into any classroom. So, I mean, I'm excited about it. I know it's going to be a lot of extra work, a lot of extra late <laughs> nights, but I think we're excited about it. And a lot of stuff we get to talk about in the podcast we get to elaborate, make videos about. So we're, I mean, I'm excited about it. Yeah, I think it's a great option. Like if live, 
PD isn't something your school is doing or they're shifting towards kind of learn on your own pace things, this would be a great option for you and to go deeper mm -hmm. into the STEM concepts that we think are the most important to, as a base. Right. And I think too, not only with that, but like, I know there's been time, plenty of times with people in our Facebook group and everywhere else where they're like, what's some good PD? Like I need points like next week. Mm -hmm. Well, if you buy it, you know, there's going to be six hour sessions and three hour sessions. So you could say like, well, I'll just watch a little bit of this one day and then the next day and then add it to those professional development points. I know every state's different and every country yeah. is different for people listening. Um, but it's a great, it's going to be a great option. We're excited about it. And I think as we release them, we can talk about it on here and social media. And I think it's gonna be one of those things like we're really excited about. I think people are getting excited about it. And the cool part is it's basically like teachers pay teachers, but for professional development, that's yeah. the way I would describe the site. And the site's yeah. awesome. I We've met with their team multiple times and they're great. So mm -hmm. we're excited about that one. But today we're going to talk about scientific method. And I had to think about that because I almost said engineering <laughs> design because we talked about engineering design for like two or three episodes. Yes. And now we're switching, kind of talking about scientific method. But we're not because we're going to talk about how they're alike, different, all that good stuff. So Naomi, I know you've used this a lot in your room and we talked about this where you're like, I like using it and you like using it in certain ways. I really love the way you use it because I think the way you utilize it is like incredible and it's very well put together for classroom teachers. So could you kind of share about that? Yeah, so it's interesting because one of my master's assignments the other day it was about misconceptions in STEM. And one of the misconceptions that I, I had a list three, and one of the three I list is, is that the scientific method is the only way to teach science. And um, I change it as it's a method of teaching science because we've talked about the engineering design process. Maybe later on, we'll talk about the 5E model, PBL, but there's lots of ways that you can teach STEM and science. But scientific method has been around a long time. And like we said, you probably know most about scientific method. That's the only way I learned science growing up. Oh, yeah. When we were in school, that was the only way you could. Yes. Like, that was the only option. Yes. <laughs> The only option, even in high school and mm -hmm. college, that's the only way I learned science. I will say though, my anatomy teacher, I think I gave her an award. I, if now that I'm thinking about it, she was so great. Um, I think she was one of few science teachers at our school, but we didn't do the scientific method. We did more exploratory and observational type learning. She was like way ahead of her time. Like she had a forensics class, which I did not take. I that wish I awesome. did now that I like true crime, but at the time I didn't. So, um, but she, it was very interesting, but scientific method um, still is important. And when you're thinking, um, it's the method that scientists actually do use to it's study. Kind of like engineering design process, like engineers yep. use engineering design. I mean, it makes sense. Yeah, it's an actual real method. It's been around forever, like forever, mm -hmm. when you look at the history of it. So typically, when you're thinking about that scientific method, you start with the question in mind. Um, I feel like it's not always as open-ended, even though the observations might be and what you find. But it's, I think it's more structured, kind of like the writing process when you think about the writing process is very structured, but you can go back and forth through the steps, which I think some teachers might not always do with the scientific method, but you can go back and forth. So right. you have your question in mind and then you use the, you research 
to help build that hypothesis. So when I with with kids, when I have them write their hypothesis, I write it as an if then statement. So if this happens, then this will happen. So based on the research that they've done, they're making an educational guess. Now I think that it will turn blue. Well, why? What 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 research did you do to help you come up with it? Mm -hmm. So their experiments and observations are to help prove or disprove their hypothesis or even recreate it so they can come to a conclusion. And when I would have them write their conclusion, I had them restate the hypothesis, whether mm -hmm. or not it's true. So that typical process, it's super important. And when you think about, well, when do I use that? When do I use the engineering design process? When do I have my dog stop squeaking his toy? <laughs> but um, so I really look at the standards and how the standards are written, because there are some standards where the verbs are very specific as to you need to do a science experiment, or this would be more of building a model. So that can really help you decide which type of learning you can do. And you can do both, honestly. You could do a science experiment and engineering design for the same standard. Doesn't mean you teach it once and you hit the standard. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you could do weeks on the same standard, really, when you think about it. But right. I always look at the words um, when you're trying to find like the scientific reason behind something. So there's a kindergarten standard about the effects of the sun on the earth's surface um so this one the kids kindergarten they do research about well what is the sun what does the sun do the warmth and then they have different earth's materials to study their temperature as a class so you have water sand and rocks and then you can use um like a laser temperature thing that is not a good way to explain it you know what i'm talking about it's yeah, a laser and you mm -hmm. point point it and tell the temperature so you um, go outside the same time every day, and then you take observations of the temperature at that those times, and then notice the similarities and differences. So this is a kindergarten experiment. I I do like with science you can't uh, science scientific process that method. Sorry, scientific method <laughs> that you could take multiple days with it as well. It doesn't have to be done in one day, um, mm. but you really want to have um, multiple experiments and test all of that. So um, definitely can be used in a STEM classroom. Of course, classroom teachers, I feel like are very familiar with this one, um, but this isn't the only way you have to teach science. Right. And I mean, I really like that you talked about how you could go back and forth. I think that's important. And I feel like when we're talking about the scientific, you know, method and getting into all that stuff. I always think like it's super old school. And I know when I first started, I was like, I'm not using that. Like I hated when my teacher used it because like when I was in school, it was like you spent half the year just memorizing what the process yep. was. You didn't even do anything in the process. You just memorize the process. It's like, I'm not learning anything. All I'm learning is this process over and over again. Like we weren't like exploring the science. Yep. And I think that was the biggest kind of fault of that or the instructional method that it kind of was. And I'm saying was because I think, you know, it maybe still happens a little bit every now and then, just like things do with, you know, maybe some schools, teachers that are more old school, but like teachers that adapt, I feel like they're like, wow, you know, I got to show, you know, try the scientific method with this experiment or maybe try it with this or this or that. And when you plug something in, I feel like you don't necessarily have to explicitly teach like, this is the step we're doing. This is because if you say like, Hey, today we're going to explore this, 
the first step is this. Here's how we're going to approach today. And like, I mean, that's what I do for the engineering design process. Yeah, and that's what I do I've too. never, and I've never come out and said like, except maybe like the first day of school. And that was it. Like define the problem. Here's what we do. Like they know like Monday to find the problem Tuesday, we're going to yep. talk about brainstorms and how we draw our blueprints. So, I mean, I feel like engineering design process can be viewed kind of the same way. And I feel like that was kind of like the biggest problem with that model was, you know, from my own personal story and my own personal time, it was like when we were in school, it was kind of like not very cool. Like not that teaching has to be cool, but we always talk about how like STEM, you're the cool uncle. Well, like scientific <laughs> method, was like, like, like the sleeping grandpa, I would say, at least it felt like it for me in school with my teachers. Well, and it's funny that you say that because I'm not kidding you. I wrote that in my paper yesterday <laughs> and that the biggest drawback of it is kids mm -hmm. have come yep. to hate science and they think it's boring because of that. Right. And that's, and it's sad because, <laughs> <What> I <wrote. laughs> and I mean, and it wasn't, and it's not designed to do that. The scientists that use it, they use it for a purpose and they use it for, you know, finding success. And I think we have to use it in the same way. It's the same way with the engineering design process. And people wonder why that model is so successful. It's because it's been viewed as that and it's been looked at as that. It's been looked at as saying, well, the engineering design process is all about how we view it, how we do things. It's a big doing process. Well, engineering design, I mean, the scientific method has to be the same way. So I think when we're like looking at it and how we can change that moving forward, I think you have to, you know, find success in that model. And one thing we talked about in our last PD, and we're going to talk about in the PDs that we're creating for you guys is you have to find success in your own room through the scientific method. That looks not the same in every single classroom. And we a hundred percent as teachers understand that. And that's why we're creating like a PD program made by teachers for teachers, because, you know, in your room, <clears throat> maybe success isn't using the whole engineering design. I mean, the whole engineering design process or scientific method, maybe you're combining parts. <clears throat> like personally for me, my students, we love using the hypothesis part of the scientific method. We will always use that. And we'll use the wording, like you said, and we'll say, here's what I think is going to happen. And here is why I believe this will happen. And then they kind of have to give reasoning. Cause I think that's very, very important. So I'm using that portion of the scientific method. And maybe, you know, there's some projects where maybe we do a little bit more research and we focus more on researching. Like I know I was talking to Naomi, I'm getting ready to do some like different March Madness things with my students around numbers, statistics, and doing a lot of research. So it's like, when you do those things, I think you're taking the best of both worlds. And I think me and Naomi, not to toot our own horns, but we have found that success. We have found, mm -hmm. and it's not because we're necessarily, you know, incredible STEM teachers, it's because we've practiced trial and error. We've tried, I mean, I've tried different parts of it and I'm like, that yeah, went yeah. terrible. Like I will never do that again. <laughs> I mean, that's what happens. But once you find those pieces and you say like, wow, in third grade, this really worked. And maybe mm -hmm. if you're a classroom teacher, wow, this really worked with this class. I'm going to try that again next year. Well, maybe that doesn't work. So I think you have to find that notion and that success from taking part A part B and kind of putting them together. Cause I think really they're interchangeable and no one's ever really, I don't think viewed it as that way, but I think scientists and engineers, they think very similar as yes. far as how they approach their jobs. Yeah. Well, and, and really, if they're working on a team, like think right. about yeah. NASA, they have mm -hmm. all sorts of careers meshed in one. They need to learn how to adapt and communicate with one another, their ideas. 
That's a fantastic point because that's what it's about. It's about taking ideas and putting them together. And this is what that model is about. And it's about not saying like, well, we got to really teach you this instructional process. Like you have to do it the exact way we did it back in 1982. No, we have to use parts of it. We have to take it and we have to say, Mm -hmm. here's what we like. And we're not necessarily explicitly saying, you know, all time, like, well, you have to memorize the process. You have to memorize the process. They're going to memorize the process because you've done it so long. Like my first graders are now getting into the engineering design process because I do a lot of like small activities, building kind of like stamina. And I told them, I was like, if you ask one of the sixth graders what we do on Tuesdays, they will tell you what we do on Tuesdays. I'm like, they don't know they're using the engineering design process, but they are 100% of the time. Like, really? And then, so they're asking like six years in the hallway, what do you do on Tuesdays? Like, go on my blueprints. And it's it's crazy because they're asking all kinds of kids that I used to have that I don't have anymore. And they still remember that. So I think you're, they're going to remember that, memorize that process. You don't have to explicitly sit there and teach that for six months. Yeah. Put a practice into play by saying, you know, how can we view like movement of the sun and different different things like that, you know, like we're saying with those things. And I think that's, what's going to kind of change that instructional model for you. And I think we got to update the scientific method. I've always kind of thought that. (laughs) Yeah, I think so too. And it doesn't have to, like I said, it doesn't have to be done in one day. And something I tried with third grade a week or so ago when I was co-teaching is shifting the way that the experiment was done. So Mm -hmm. typically their experiment was um, do these tests to identify rocks and they already know what rock it is. And then they do the test. That was like what their uh, science kit had. So I shifted it as I didn't tell them actually what the minerals were. <laughs> and the funny part was, um, I'll, I'll say what happened at the end. So I, I gave them minerals. They're all in a bag. I showed them how to do the, each of the tests. And then they, hold on. <laughs> you might have to edit that. Um <laughs> So uh, each of the kids got a mineral that were in a bag and then they learned, I taught them each of the tests on how to identify minerals. And then they did all the tests, recorded their observations and compared their observations to the chart of what the actual minerals were in the kit. So then they had to determine based on their observations, what mineral they had instead of already knowing what mineral. And they were so, 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 so close. They either, they got a hundred percent correct out of 12 different minerals or they were so close. There was a mineral that was from like a similar location. Like two minerals are made from dried magma and they both, they found one and not the other. So it was just crazy how it just shifted, just using that scientific method in a um, more practical way where it's more student centered and not teacher based. Um, It can really shift and change um, what science is and how kids really love it. Yeah. And I think too, with you saying that, like the ones I got wrong, those kids will probably remember those ones they got wrong and they will probably remember that information like forever. I guess and they what I'm saying is like, so close to Yeah. And so. when they're that close, it's like, oh man, I'm going to really remember that. Like that's one of those I'm going to remember for sure. Mm-hmm. You know? Well, we absolutely loved talking scientific method with you guys. It's always fun chatting these different instructional methods. And like we said, be looking out for our Instagram, our website everywhere because we're going to be blasting this PD everywhere because we think it's really going to bring your classroom forward. And if you have a teacher business and you're looking for a partner, please reach out to us. We love giving you an opportunity to share your voice in our innovative teacher corner. We want to highlight what you do and what makes you special. And if you're interested in collaborating with us, whether it's an interview, marketing opportunities, or you want us to present at your school even maybe, send us an email at innovativeteacherpodcast at gmail.com. 
And make sure you follow us on all social media as we love to blast out different fun things we're doing and you just get to follow our fun little journey. Thank you so much for listening today, Innovative Teachers. We will see you in the next episode. This has been the Innovative Teacher Podcast with hosts Naomi Meredith and Spencer Sharp. Tune in next Thursday for another edition as we help teachers learn and grow together and move their classrooms forward. Music by Audionautics.com. Thanks for listening.